you called it in not so many words. I'm just paraphrasing. You called me a Christopher Papa's a scam. Why do you think he's a scam, and why do you believe like all he's doing is just rubbish? It goes back to what you asked me about Ubonga earlier. So the problem that we have in SA né, is that white people lie. Um, that I will never reveal. Um, that are between myself, my family. On the third day. On the third day. Uh, so my that's <laughs> that one, yeah. Like Christ himself. What was that about? I don't even and know. You went to I a don't fancy know. Restaurant. Um, um, in a beautiful place in South Africa. And he left love them. Love them. Ooh, He's not circumcised. I, mean, I, <laughs> I mean, not just so for Mobile Fundis and all of that. I mean, I heard the, the audible voice of God. It wasn't a decision. It wasn't a decision. The funny thing is with, 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 with podcasts is that we get to meet people who have done something that is either making a difference or just straight up controversial or sometimes yeah, we meet people who are just i i don't know being stupid mm. but today I, I i i'm not sure which one of these categories you fall in or or you fall in none of them or, or whatever it is but by the way welcome to engineering your life thank you so much for for having me yeah um it's a great pleasure to be here i think Ubona Bantabasha with, um, you know, doing their own thing is, is very inspiring. And um, I'm really, really, you know, honored to, to be one of your guests today. Sure, bro. Um, so your name is Bonga Makanya. Uh, you share a name with a very famous person. Is it? Mm. What's Bonga? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know of any other... You don't know of any other Bonga? No, no. What's no, Bonga? I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, no. No, I think at first, you know, when those videos actually first surfaced. Yeah. Um, I think I was also part of the people who were scammed because I was like, how else? This man is, you know, smart. So, there's something in the water there. So king. So this person is is bringing down our bong. We're gonna go down that route of his of, of you know because you know not all that glitters is not gold. Yes. And with him, I think about at first. It's interesting you saying that um, all that all that glitters is not gold because. Uh, he comes across um, as an eloquent person. Do you think that's what drew people onto him? Like, why why are people so attracted to eloquence? In a certain way and having a certain accent, Abantu can negate the fact that who just took bad decisions. Yeah. No, I think once you speak English and you 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 sound like you're saying something profound, people start to take an interest. I think that's in anything. Now, when you're in those type of spaces where you're expecting um, give you maybe like a sub story, like, and then come over something else, which is this, you know, eloquent, well-spoken person, and then you start, you know, maybe like, no, there's a way I can help this person. He doesn't deserve to be on the streets, whatever, whatever. So I think it's, it's, it's generally when people, you know, are well-spoken or sound profound or say things that, catch our attention, we, 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 we give them more of an ear than, 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 than other people. But yeah, I don't know. I think, I think by the way, I don't think he, he should be neglected. I think maybe Lampe 
like anyone who's a street dweller mm-hmm. should be supported through deliberate programs yeah yabo um yedu senkingeni vele but mela sizakala nabo bonke abantu abasis minisifana nesakhe bro you've been on a media tour in the last few years <laughs> Um, and it 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 is apparent that in your messaging you keep on emphasizing that the youth needs to be emancipated economically right i think that's the core message that you're trying to spread in your media tour but on the back of the media tour there was the whole fees must fall thing where you were also in a way involved in 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 fees must fall just take me through your involvement in the fees must fall movement so obviously i think e e politics when you join it through you know word vits um and we recognize that there was uh, deep issues amongst particularly black uh, poor students um, at vits and in other institutions of higher learning so there was also a crisis yo kuthi njalo miqalo nyaka ngwaba abantu can't come back to study can't come back to register and then okay we need to actually um, you know re-register for the year um, saying no to financial exclusion momentum to a point where now um, you know it, it, it then became sort of a fees must fall type of type of movement but initially um, I think the year was actually in because we were not part of the Christmas Four generation but we just carried on okay. some of the momentum that they had started um, I think it was called Vitsa Sinamali okay. and at that point in time it would just come back from covid and you would see there's about 8000 students that couldn't come back due to uh, financial reasons it wasn't anything academic but we passile but about 8000 of them couldn't come back because they didn't have money so we then said we would no 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 go right let's fundraise that was the first point of departure we then started a campaign called 21 million in 2021 um something going was like corporates um, ngos non academic institutions we raised few millions here and there but it was no in near where you know what it needed it only scraped the surface lambeli amalezo fund abantu ba 100 kulo 8000 kwase gcine kubonakala ukuthi no 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 in fact we need to take to the streets um call for free education um continue with that uh, fismas for movement which has been had been neglected um you know and call for a permanent solution to the crisis because every year clears when they definitely where we are figures calling young black students can't enter the doors of learning simply because they don't have money not because about they don't have the academic capabilities or whatever so that's then what 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 kind of gave birth to that um and then it became a national type of shutdown where we started seeing UKZN UCT uh, universities of Limpopo free states everyone across the country just shutting down the universities until people could uh, re-register for the year and i think yeah i think it was it was it was pretty you know we didn't expect that type of momentum um because you know but we were just we just wanted to you know black students enter the, the doors of learning at Vits can do spiral out of uh, not control but it then trickle down to other universities yeah. yeah so at that point are you part of Vits SRC how what 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 platform are you using to be this fundraising machinery yeah so we we events when you contest elections or advert when you contest elections you you know contest through student political formation so 
we were part of an organization called the YCL, mm -hmm. the Young Communist League. It's sort of like the SACP. It's actually like a youth wing of the SACP. Okay. So we then deployed Abandu into SRC, won seats, and then, you know, they all entered. I think we won elections that year. Um, and then what happens is that if political structures, you want to oversee uh, the um, sort of like the SRC. What are the programs for this year? Mm -hmm. What are the issues? Um, so, you know, we were more of that political oversight um, in, in the runnings of the SRC. Um, I think we, I served personally in two, uh, in, the, in the president's office, his, in the subcom, and also in the TG's office as a subcom. But most of the fundraising was done through the PYA structures and also like I'm an office lawyer in in I'm a political formation. So, so uh, it's funny you, you, you say this because what I'm trying to get to is a lot of people join the SRC because it's a, a nice foundation or a nice uh, stepping stone to a political career they're trying to build in their adulthood. Yeah. So once again, you've been on a media tour. You were at the forefront of Vitz Asina Mali. You speak a lot about politics in your capacity personally as well on your media, on your um, social media platforms. Are you just another person trying to be a politician? No, 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 no. I think, look, inherently, when you are young, black, and I think just anyone, you're inherently involved in politics, whether you like it or not. Um, I don't see myself ever making a career out of politics or contesting public office. Um, I don't like the scrutiny that comes with being in public office. As if you're an MEC or a mayor or whatever. Like there's a lot of uh, scrutiny that I don't like and a lot of, and rightfully so, we need to probe those questions to political office bearers or public office bearers. But I don't think I'd want that for myself. I think I like the space that I'm in now. Um, for me, it's always been a genuine will and desire to change the lives of black uh, people. Um, and the vehicle that we found to be most appropriate to do that was, uh, at that point in time, student uh, activism. Mm -hmm. um, and now, later, it's, it's unavoidable, Luguti. For you to drive meaningful social change. Um, politics is the only, um, you know, viable solution because you can start your NPO or your NGO, but if you don't have state resources, um, you're not going to fundamentally shift and change the lives of people um, in a meaningful way or in the way that we want to see. So whether we like it or not, we are involved in politics, even if you think you're apolitical, mm -hmm. that in itself is a political stance mm -hmm. um, because it impacts and, you know, and drives some of the political developments that we see in our country. So, yeah, but as, as, as it, when it comes to being a political office bearer or, you know, standing for public office, I don't think that's something I'd ever want for myself personally. Yeah. Um, however, politics are unavoidable and, you know, we must be active in, 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 in ensuring that we... We participate meaningfully in the political space to drive the social change we want to see. So SACP, back then in your VITS days, you, had, um, you were in the youth wing of the SACP, right? Um, SACP still has some sort of affiliation with the ruling party, which is the ANC. So would you say fundamentally your, your values and principles align with the ANC? 
So fundamentally, and this is what drew me towards the Young Communist League, um, which is the youth wing of the SACP, was that fundamentally the current market structure that we find, which is a capitalist structure, is something that I don't agree with, and I think it's part of the reasons why we're here today. Mm-hmm. And I think for us to achieve genuine and genuine social change um, and social transformation for the lives of uh, you know black people in this country and even on the continent, we need to have a shift in the ownership structure of the economy. We need a more socialized means of production, which just simply means um, broader state participation in strategic sectors, mining, um, energy, um, you know. So all these monopoly industries, the financial services, the banks, we need more state um, you know, intervention there to reduce the inequalities that we've seen. Because the South African definitely about who own the means of production, Amelungu. They're the ones who own companies, they're the ones that uh, you know, own shares in JC listed companies, they're also board directors, they're part of the management. So the only then solution fundamentally and ideologically is socialism or a socialist state. And my political views are aligned to anyone that represents that type of um, you know, society that I think we should build, mm-hmm. which is a, you know, one where the means of production are owned by the people, one where the means of production are owned by, by the state. So EFF. <laughs> so you're asking me what party would I vote for? I'm giving you a, I'm giving you my fundamentalist political yes. stance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, whether or not I would vote for the EFF is something else. Yeah. Um, so far, what I've seen in the uh, political sort of terrain and the options that are there, it seems as though it's the ANC that embodies that, um, the, or the SACP. But the SACP doesn't contest elections. Mm-hmm. It contests through the ANC. Mm-hmm. So I think from what we could see or the options that are on the table, the most viable solution towards achieving genuine um, socialist regime is probably the ANC. Mm-hmm. Maybe together with the EFF, I'm just not convinced as of yet of the political will of the EFF. On paper and on policy, I think they have some of the best type of economic policies I've ever read. I'm just not sure whether or not they, 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 they mean what they say when they... To hear you correctly, you're saying the ANC represents a socialist future for us and in 2024 you're happy for the ANC to stay in power. No, no, no. I gave you my fundamentalist posture, which I believe in the states playing a meaningful role in, in the economy and a state where um, you know, the people own the means of production. Now, the ANC, through its you know, policy documents, its National Democratic Revolution, which is the underpinning sort of economic policy that guides the ANC when it goes into the state, it speaks about you know, sort of economic reforms, but it, it speaks about ownership of the means of production by the state. Um, and it, it, it speaks about broader state intervention. So I don't think that DA represents that. I think they represent a free market, um, you know, fundamentalist posture, a neoliberal type of, you know, that reinforces the status quo. Um, I think the closest thing to a socialist regime would also be something like the EFF, I think the IFP is more on the right, center-right type of politics. 
I think the UDM is probably also centre-right. You can name all of them. The only two parties I think represent anything that looks like a socialist regime is the ANC and the EFF. So are we settling then? Because they represent, but where is the implementation? We, we need to be honest and criticise them based on implementation. Guiding policies look amazing on paper. Nowadays it's not on paper, it's on our computer screens. We can all download the PDF right now and read it. No, but what, what do they, are they doing? What are they implementing? Remember, you're a change maker. You're a young person who's gone on platforms and spoken about these issues and implemented things with Asina Mali. So we can see that you are doing things. You've got your, your, youth, your, your youth economic council. You are doing things when in your capacity and the small group that you are in. Mm. So you can't go back to the system and say there are people who have the principles. We don't need the principles. We need implementation right now. So who is implementing well right now? That's what no, I'm asking. No, 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 no. I agree. And I think, look, another mischievous thing, commentators, even young people and people that are discussing politics, whatever, very, very mischievous thing they try to do. The ANC takes over a system that has been around for the past 400 years, that has deliberately um, excluded, isolated, and suppressed black people in SA. Mm -hmm. now they, they both socially, economically, and politically. In every manner possible, yeah. For 400 years, that's mm -hmm. what has been the and general view of them. The ANC comes in 1994 to try and reverse whatever the damage that has been done by the previous regime. Now, as a scientist, I'm sure you would know, Guti, um, if you want to oppose a force, I think it's the law of inertia, Guti, it must be equal in, in magnitude and opposite in direction. Mm -hmm. Now, with 20 years or 30 years in terms of um, you know, experience and, and intervention, and expect them to reverse in the, in the, in the yeah, 400 years. Why I'm saying that is because you need to give any political party time. We imagine there's local government elections where the DA is saying um, we inherited a bankrupt state we, or we inherited a completely bankrupt municipality. So give us time to reverse and fix the potholes and put water and whatever water because the ANC figure um, I think they've probably been in office now if they won elections in 2021. But people are very sympathetic to saying, no, 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 let's give them that time to, 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 to reverse you know, the issues of the past administration. God, maybe ANC, when looking at a system that has been there for 400 years of deliberate economic and social exclusion, you want to judge it based on performance of threats. Obviously, I can tell because it's an extremely deep type, type of system that you're fighting. It's not just repairing potholes on the streets. Man, also come based on the geographical structure. South Africa, So everywhere where you go in SA, black people are poor. Mm -hmm. And the reason why black people are poor, it's not because of any other thing except for that exact system that I'm, 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 I'm talking about. Oh, my bed, oh, my bed, oh, cool. They don't, most of them don't have any academic or, you know, skills background. Mm. 
That's not by chance. It's not because or whatever. It was because there was a deliberate attempt to ensure that black people stay as far away from the economy as possible, mm -hmm. stay far away from meaningful job participation. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was in 94, people who have nothing to offer to the means of production, they have nothing to offer to the job market, now you must take care of them through social crowds. Now you must build them houses. Now you must probably think of a reconstruction plan in terms of how do we dismantle townships. By the way, the ANC hasn't even gotten to that point. I don't think I've heard anyone speak about how we can change the geographical structure of South Africa to become more equitable or whatever, because there being townships and suburb areas, whatever, reinforces all of the class inequalities that we see. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm saying is that any political party that comes into office, be the DA, the EFF, the ANC, that wants to change the lives of people, give them time to implement their policies, because it's not an overnight thing. It's not even after 30 years, how um, after the system got 400 years, in, in, in 20 to 30 years, there's something that anyone can, can do more than I know in Pillows of Foundation. I think they've scraped the surface in ensuring basic services to the poor. Anyone now through NESFAS can go to school, higher education for free. Um, there's a lot of things that they've done, but the lives of black people haven't changed fundamentally. People who are poor in 94 are still poor today. Many of those things have little to nothing to do with the ANC. For example, our unemployment rates. I always say, for me, the blame is with the private sector. In South Africa, we about 16 million. One million works for the state. Or Nesoti, Shah, I think it's about, maybe let's say it's 2 million. 15 million of those people work in the private sector. By Sebenza, or they're working for companies in the private sector. There's about 5 million that are sitting at home looking for work. Now, low 5 million won't get work from the state. It's overemployed. Already, um, you know, if you study economic policy, a lot of critics say our wage bill is too bloated. Mm -hmm. We're paying too much um, to, to salaries and wages. We should decrease our wage. But... So low five million, private sector, business. Companies are making profit in this. If you go to the JC listed companies, how many of them are making profits, how many of them are doing well, you find there's a lot. Leo Mali, after each year, goes overseas to their shareholders. Aibu is allowed to reinvest into productive assets that will create jobs, factories, whatever, whatever, whatever. So there's a lot of deep fundamental structural issues which the ANC as an enabler could play more of a role, but at the end of the day, this beast is too big. And, and, and I think it's gonna need more than just political intervention, even though that's where we start and that's where we'll probably achieve the most results. But I've just made an example during the unemployment where I think for me, the shift should go to the private sector, not necessarily the political party that's in charge. Uh, uh, in, in <laughs> Um, let's move on from, from, from that point regarding um, fundamental values and which party your fundamental values align to. Um, let's speak more to just Ubonga now as a person. Um, so you, you studied at WITS for your whole undergrad and did you do anything further and what did you study? 
So my undergrad at WITS is in BCom Economic Sciences, and now I'm in the process of completing my honors mm-hmm. um, in economics, Cornevet. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to continue with my studies. Um, I think you know uh, the job market. Okay, not because I, I want to go look for a job or anything, but I think we should always encourage people to go as far as they can. So I think for me, especially in the field of economics. You only start being respected, Kale, when you have a master's, Kale. Anything yeah, before yeah, yeah. a master's, I think people don't. Bro, take... I feel anywhere now. Sorry. Any field now. Yeah. It's like um, um, it's funny because this goes back to um, economic exclusion of black people, right? Um, previously, people could get away with their degrees and live a beautiful life and become executives. Mm. Nowadays, because now there's a lot of black people who are educated. Also, my instance is tough when masters also touch us seriously in certain spaces. But it's like, aren't you just raising the bar just because it's a conatina? Yeah, the job market is more competitive now. Yeah. I agree. Um, whether or not that is something that has been crafted somewhere, or whatever, I don't know. But definitely, I think the job market is incredibly more competitive now. And it's funny because when you look, you know. Mune masters or PhD or sakashegi, so you you rather would just stay with an honor. So you never know. But I think it's industry. You must speak to people in your industry. It's okay if I'm doing engineering. Um, what's the best thing I can do for myself from an academic perspective? It's like jets, I know. Shop to honors or shop to masters. So I think it, it it depends on 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 the industry. But generally, I think you're you're hundred percent correct. The job market now is incredibly. Competitive, and and the job market right now is very. I'd say. It, it's everything you don't want it to be because it speaks to the free market that you don't like. It speaks to capitalism, and you have to compete at that level whether you like it or not. So how how are you navigating having to be realistic and compete at that level because you need to eat at the end of the day, but still have principles that say, I don't like this. This is rubbish. This doesn't help the people. Yeah, I think so. For me personally, I think we've kind of taken a decision that you know, gega some gega some which is a phrase, not literally, but that we won't necessarily want to go and find a job. So part of the part of the you know things that we always speak about is that we want young people to own strategic assets in the economy and own businesses and wanna. So now we're saying, now, how does anyone take us seriously if we ourselves um, are not business owners or ourselves are not active in business um, and we go and, you know, look for, for, for comfortable jobs in Santin and in Rosebank, um, but we encourage other people to own businesses. So I think we, we, we've kind of also I've personally and professionally taken a, a fundamentalist posture that, um, you know, let's let's go into business, let's you know, be an example that even though you're young, um, with the right people around you and with the right support and resources, um, you know, you, you can own, own strategic um, assets and, you know, businesses. So, yeah, I think for me personally, a job is not something that, you know, we're looking for right now. Um, but obviously with Cyril's economy, you'll never know. Somebody <laughs> might come back and want to be an economic analyst for your podcast. <laughs> do your research for you guys in, in a year or two. So you don't have a job right now? No, 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 no. I think we survive off... Um, we've got a few businesses going. 
um, with Sayek as well. You know, those things keep us going. So no, 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 we are not looking for any employment, whether temporary or permanent at this point in time. Are you not just a spoke brat that has good financial backing from home and we must all not get jobs because Bonga said so and he can live the ideal life no. not worry about food? No, 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 no. I think, look, we're involved in a lot of um, projects right now which I think are doing very well for us. Um, and funny enough, you know, Ekaya, they, they support me emotionally. But when it comes to the financial side of things, I think it's always been a case of saying, Tina, we send you to school to go get a degree and go look for a job. Mm. So anything outside of that, um, so, you know, financial support is there. Obviously, what they didn't, didn't do, you know, buying you food during school, those fun, but fundamentally isn't there in um, now um, and in school, I mean, my marks, when I got to VITS, I had a bursary. Um, I still had a bursary that took care of a lot of things that I was, whether it's an allowance or whatever. So, because I understand how um, I come from a big family. Mm -hmm. So, if they, if they could also not, if they could channel those resources to, to other people who need them more, I think, um, you know, that's, that's good. But on my side, we're fine. I think the projects that we're working on, some of the things we're doing with Saek, uh, do keep the lights on um, and, and keep us going. You called it, in not so many words, I'm just paraphrasing, you called Mayor Christopher Papas a scam. Why do you think he's a scam? And why do you believe like all he's doing is just rubbish? Because basically that's what you feel about him. <laughs> and many people would fight you because he's... Um, He's created or has um, made people believe in him over the past year. Uh, I don't know if it's a good PR machinery or what, but Mayor Christopher Puppers, as much as in the last few days, there have been controversial points, but those points are not controversial enough for people to give up on him. Mm. Do you agree that people will not give up on him because of those, those few days ago, um, the, the tweets that he made? But fundamentally, people are convinced and they love him. It goes back to what you asked me about Ubonga earlier. So the problem that we have in SA né, is that white people lie. And for, for some reason, Abandamanyama um, believe white lies all the time. So when his video started surfacing during elections and probably post-election, I was like, okay, no, this is, I don't support the TA. Um, speaks the language of the people, even the issues that he's, talk, he's, he's articulating, I think he's articulating them well, in a way that is not tone deaf and in a way that is not, you know, um, where he's looking down on black people, he's some sort of white savior. Um, so that was my impression of him, no, this is a genuine activist who is using the TA as a vehicle for social change. And he's not arrogant because he's learning and living Nabandu, Apila Nabandamamnyam. Kotwa, Mauhamba was, you know, the deeper you dive into politics, you understand, Wutim, things like that are a cosmetic exercise. Um, and maybe that's why I use the word scam. Because Abelungu, all of them, 
will never agree on fundamentally with anything that seeks to liberate black South Africans, um, you know, permanently and economically. Because uh, PE must, uh, you know, we must change PE and it must be equity. So we must look at how many people you're employing and we must look at, um, you know, if you've been disadvantaged and we mustn't look at race. Now, obviously, well, they award tenders. They look at how many people you're employing um, and other social economic backgrounds, but not necessarily your race. And I'm thinking to myself, obviously, we'll have an upper hand in that. Because economies of scale teaches us so if you have more time in the market, you'll grow. And the more you grow, you'll employ more people. figure with the startup or more figure with your startup. I can't compete with someone who's been operating Mgeni for the past 30 years. Mm -hmm. But what PEE seeks to do is to say we've had a system that deliberately excluded black people. And now we want to usher them into the economy and give them a soft landing. Because we understand what they've been disadvantaged. Nah. Whether or not PE has been hijacked by a few corrupt elements doesn't mean that fundamentally PE is fundamentally positive. And any form of social redress that seeks to empower permanently Abandabamyama. But no, 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 Tina, we're here to deal with, 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 with issues of white people because we've been clear. South Africa, So the reason why I'm saying um, he's a scam is because each and every white leader or white person, when you engage them on the fundamental issues that are going to liberate black South Africans, they all sing one song and they're all in one tune. Ask them about land. What should we do with the land? Should it be expropriated without compensation, or should we give it, uh, or should we give people title deeds and there must be private ownership, or should it be owned by the state? Umklaba must be privately owned, and people must be given title deeds. The reason why they say that is because they own most of the land already, and the title deeds that they created are still with them. So muy now you have to buy it through the market fundamentalist posture that says that um, a willing buyer, willing seller. They'll all say that. None of them will say no. For us to, you know, they won't, they won't acknowledge you. And therefore, in an equitable manner. Um, and it must be state-owned and state-managed. So Zonke is in the Abelungu are opposed to them, and they all speak in one voice about it. Umtomiyamo ne malu kumlungu imali amatenda ne corruption. Agamboni jo mundo o o o ne malu na bone business like masubuza nje onde ama ama ama. And I was even thinking that the day goes in. Back on abelungu in the ANC or Barbara Chrissy, but they're never insulted by other white people. Ogo tayo Barbara Chrissy will deal malu zaga environmental affairs. But Andre Dereta was probably the most hopeless CEO we've ever had of any company in South Africa. Why motion? 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 Why motion?
But you know, when Zagathe, uh, state capture, nine years wasted, so therefore the rot was big. And yeah, now say, why But they don't acknowledge that the man is not an engineer. A guy is an engineer, he's a lawyer, he's out of his depth. Unfortunately, when it comes to leadership at that level, you need the technical expertise which he does not have. Resulting, Gobu Bon and Jawaiman is Nitan to Kesukon. Um Sebens Gaban, Um Sebens Gaadre Terator, Nabelung, Bagas, Abangawas, Um Sebens, Bakiaban, Yamabawas, Um Sebens, Abafundile, but who are left, right, and center. Aiki see Oyaga Escomera defend a general under Terrace because under Terrace um Lung. So Abelung, Wessig, maybe Holy TA, always for some reason never tend to agree with things that will liberate Abandava Myama fundamentally and economically. And that's why we must be careful of, of how people like O Chris will come, Akulum Zulu, Gubengati, Kulmite right to know Melek Faramaz, Melek Farama Potoli, Melek Shintama Potoli, but Metolim Sebed is in the Velek Melezins, there we don't disagree. But Lezaguizones or Kulabandava Myama, they'll speak their own things, which, which, which are regressive. So if I'm understanding you correctly, um, the, the, the basics, which is fixing a pothole, which is helping people plant tree gardens, which is insourcing maybe workers instead of giving out tenders to cut grass, um, which is um, keeping the lights on in your municipality, making sure taps are working, the sewage is fine. Those are basics, and we all agree with those basics. Yes. And we shouldn't clap hands for a mayor to doing those basics. Yes. And what we sh are asking him now, which are the deep fundamental issues that you are saying are like BEE, what's, in their, what's their posture on the land, and that's where they fail. So that's where you see Oguti, Chris is a scam. Yes. When initially, cosmetically, he's doing the basics. But people are appreciative of the basics because they were not getting the basics before him. So we can't say a person like that is a scam, Bonga. We need to, we need to also... Um, be, uh, say that is good and say, but there are layers to it. I think a scam is harsh. I think, I think we must be careful of white savior complex mm -hmm. where, where white people present themselves as the um, solution to black issues. Mm -hmm. If as black people were saying, in local government, we must deal with those issues. Nem. I feel gum lunga kulme zulu anche lugo tino meles lunga salada. Besa ago enza foot ne. It's fine. Like to engage yes, you don't um, clap hands or, or praise a fish for swimming. Nem. So those things of people not fixing potholes or issues of isn't the zagamas pala valley isn't the kulme le ilungi so valley. Even more. Yeah. But the problem is the white savior complex we have in SA where we believe and I believe in black solutions for, for black people. That's Oh, I wait to make way and the local, I charge to the same level. 
in fact, you examine um, their performance in Guinea and probably other municipalities, you might even find what they're doing, the absolute bare minimum that is happening in other parts of the country that are led by black people or even the ANC itself. Yeah, so all these challenges that are there, um, all I'm saying, when it's done by a white person, when, um, you know, they're doing the pay minimum, which should be done and probably praise, but not to the magnitude because we mustn't get distracted by cosmetic exercises and get distracted by funny small things. Um, which I, for me, I'm saying there are deep fundamental issues we need to solve that will change the lives of black people permanently. Yeah. And if you are not aligned with that, then we can't take you seriously and we can't view you as one of us because clearly, Samba now only up to a degree. We take the land, we take the banks and we take strategic assets. When a and the people must clap hands. So for me, the, his, his posture was a bit different on the fundamental issues that I think will solve issues for black. Then I would say, no, 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 the man is doing well. But he's doing the bare minimum that should be done fairly by any leader. Whether or not our own are not doing it in, in, in government, we'll solve that ourselves, but not with, 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 with them. I, I, so what I'm getting from you is that you're not a, one of those people who believes in non-racialism. You are clear that we must racialize things in order to solve problems. Because it's, it's very cosmetic to, to pretend there's a rainbow nation. We must face it head on and say, and they must introspect and change their ways. So I think, look, non-racialism is not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I still think white people have a role to play. Excuse me. I think they have a role to play in the development of this country. Um, however, I just don't think it's a leading role. I don't think it's a role where they're at the forefront. Um, we've never called for any white person to be chased to the sea or their businesses to be taken away or for them to be kicked out of their houses or whatever. All we are saying is that black people are poor now. And if you don't do anything to advance the lives of black people in SA, you are going to have serious issues as we are seeing. If you don't do anything to advance the lives of young black people specifically, you're going to have a serious crisis. Like Tewin and probably in Joburg, there's a serious crisis of Abandu being snatched on my phones and things like that by young people. Um, now, apparently, they're starting to go into housebreaking, hijacking. hijacking. Yeah. That's the state of young people. They have lost hope to the point where mm. the only thing left for me to put bread on the table is to go and commit a, a crime and a serious crime like that. Now, that is a result of us neglecting the fundamental issues of changing the lives of, that, of those people's families, of those people's communities, um, and just the general states of black people. So if you ignore that we have a black um, crisis, and you think, no, poverty is poverty. It has no race, it has no color. 
there are white squatter camps, there are Indian people that are poor, there are colored people that are poor, Irembo Nation, there are black people that are rich. It's unscientific mm -hmm. and it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it mathematically doesn't make any sense. Generally speaking, and you know, we must never make the exception the rule. Um, we don't create rules based on actually um, you know, when, when we say that you, 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 the reason for you to wear the seatbelt is because most of the time, whatever Koma seatbelt survived the car accident. Yeah. But because out of 10 times, three people have, you know, lost their lives or been seriously injured as a result. So we create rules based on the general rule and not necessarily the exception. Why now we must make rules based on the exception and not the rule? Look to a Melestabangut in Obacon and Abelunga Bashupega. Say as good Bacon Abelunga Bashupega, but it's a minority and our policies must be pro black because if they are not, they're going to spill over into what we see now where it's literally crime is out of hand. And I'm going to be looking for committing crime. It's black on black crime most of the time. Black on black crime. Black on white crime, why? Because they have nothing to offer to the means of production. They probably have no prospects of getting any job anywhere. No prospects of running any credible business um, because they don't have the skills. They've not been through a proper education system. They've been let down by all uh, social systems. Um, so we need to change that. And, 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 and it's not necessarily a hate for another group, but it's identifying that black people um, are the most marginalized. And if we are to, 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 to do anything about it, we should collect corn. We must change the lives of uh, you know, black South Africans, primarily young black South Africans, because that's where our issues are at the moment. I, I, I agree with you on that, but I think we, we've also skewed to the side of always saying, um, the white people, because they own the means of production largely, are responsible for fixing those issues. Where are, I'm asking you now, where are the black millionaires? Because they're there now, and there's many of them now. Um, there's good data that shows that there are a lot of black millionaires. But where are the black millionaires? And you and, you and I both know where they are. They're in the club spending 50,000 rand per day mm. on a weekend, right? Do you have access to them? You and I are people who have access to a lot of people because of the things you've been able to do. But even for us, it's still hard to access those people and find mentorship or find a job or find advice for a business I'm doing. Maybe I don't want you to help me even with the scent with yeah. the millions. But I just want to be able to message you on WhatsApp and say, hey, I, I'm trying this. Which is the right door to knock on? Or I'm doing this. Um, I'm sleeping these hours in a day, which is the best time to be studying? Or oh, is this the right degree to be studying? Since you are doing it, you are 34 or 45 or 52, and you've got many houses, many businesses, many millions, but all I have access to you as, as a young 28-year-old, which is me, is your Instagram account that has 2 million followers, and diamond walk all over it. <laughs> so Look, where are the black millionaires in this conversation? Because they're there, but we can't find them. We can't reach them. No, I, I, I agree. And I think those are some of the issues that we, we need to be honest about. Um, and it's kind of twofold. On the one, I think, you know, 
black people who are more success, successful can play more of a leading role at that level of mentorship, at that level of support, whether it's non-financial or financial support. Um, it, I, I think even here in Durban, it's, it's actually very bad. Where there's a culture of there's an elite class. Yeah, there's a culture of elitism, and yeah. so there's no social consciousness. Yeah. Um, so then there's an issue of um, you know black tax is a serious thing, and black people generally don't have money, even though they seem like they do. From what I found. Um, and just when my you dig deeper. when you dig deeper into yeah. it, you look at entrepreneurs, they probably make millions here and there, but in a year or two, they're not guaranteed that they'll still be at that level because so their, their, their wealth is not necessarily permanent. Um, and then those who do have something very, very sustainable. Those who are in mining, you know, the black executives or whatever, whatever. BE shareholders and things like that. The, you know, the really big black success stories that not these funny local entrepreneurs, like I'm talking about serious black, uh, even billionaires. The problem now is because this thing, I'm a share linked to white companies. They were empowered by, you know, white executives. Um, so, so, so. Wealth, yeah, but it's sometimes even questionable. Julius, I think the one time even said to Guti, he's not sure if Patrice Motepe is a billionaire. Ah, sure, he's not, but Guti's not sure. And he's like that for, 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 for all of them. Labanda will give me some black executives, na 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 na. Guti, the Malabana is not really theirs. So, whatever cap we are, some basic Tabang Guti, you can go to any, you know, black billionaire. And ask them for a million rand for your startup and think you'll get it. You're probably not gonna get it because now nah, well, I'm a resource are very, very constrained because they don't have a lot of money themselves. It seems like they do, but in real terms they actually don't. But you know, those that's that's probably just hearsay. What I will say though is that uh, black millionaires uh, do need to play more of a leading role in assisting young people. Um, fortunately for myself, I've encountered quite a lot like oh Sunday Lezungu, your mic deck. They're always willing to, you know, lend an ear. Um, they'll tell you, though, they probably get hundreds of people coming to them, asking them for assistance, whether financially or non-financially. But those are guys who are very, very open and, you know, they'll, they'll lend you an ear, they'll guide you here and there on a few things. Um, so I think we need to see more of that probably in Durban. I know in Joburg, I know a lot of other young people who are black with them. Um, they enrolled in mentorship courses for their bursaries, end up meeting black executives that are holding their hand through their journey in, in, in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. um, so, a few and there, but we need to see more. Um, but, we even those that, even those that you think have a lot of money, they don't. And it just seems like they do. But in real terms, they, that's why you see a lot of people after two to three years. To, to, <laughs> I'm sure But figure Because even those that you think have money, they don't have it. Yeah. So that's my, I'll probably do my research about this at some point. But, but yeah, I, I don't think our people have money.
Bro, do you think the government officials that exist right now um, have the blade demanded Enoch Kodongo and uh, I mean, I can count them. Do you think they, they have the willingness to bring change that we need? Ah, look, yeah, I've insulted a lot of politicians for that very reason. Like, look, I think some of them, your Figide Mbalula, your maybe your Kwete Mantashe, um, your Lindy Wezulu. A lot of people in cabinet are genuine. Ne? Like they want to achieve the things that they say they want to achieve. And then others are just tired. They have no ideas and they have nothing to, to offer to anyone. Probably just doing this because it's been a lifelong dream to be a minister or you know have blue lights or whatever. But most of them, excuse me, they have no ideas. No implementation. So, I think, I think, I think some of them, I really, they don't inspire any, any confidence, and they don't look like they will, you know, assist anyone with anything. To be quite honest, but there are a few that I have great respect for. I've seen the work that they're doing in their various departments, both at a policy level and then also at an implementation level. I've seen. Isn't those for for other people? Um, and I'm like, I know the Mundi Asebens. Ayabanya, it's very difficult to say that. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned um, Minister Mbalula, but many would say, ah, Wenzani, he's just being a razzmatazz, trying to be a celebrity and be relevant to young people, but he's actually not doing anything. I'm back to Okay, the problem with in states is that it's, I'm not sure if you know how the government, like, Actually, so there's the ministry and then there's a the department mm -hmm. which is led by the DG, mm -hmm. the DDG, the, and then the CFOs, whatever. Yeah. Those are the people that actually administrate like government officials. Those are the administrators. You don't see many of them, but by we must check about politician. they just make pronouncements and they announce whatever. Whether or not that road is actually built. And policy is turned into implementation. It's the bureaucracy side of the state that must make sure. With intentional minister and so and minister has signed loot, has signed tender, has signed loot on procurement or anything like that. It's the sort of like the bureaucracy. Um, but 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 if you look at the amounts of uh, you know, and also with Tumbalul, another problem is that with transport. It's very layered. You've got national, you've got province, and you've got the city. Um, and I think um, it's right. N1, N2, N3. N6, all of them. There's no single portal. Especially last year, on a national road. Probably one of the best in the world in terms of engineering capacity, um, but also in terms those are provincial roads and those are municipality roads where we then say I because I think now there's a policy to try and make sure um, national government coordinates. Um, you know, some, and overseas, is actually well maintained and stuff like that. But generally, 
abangeni mbone because mbone bakati mkati konje o o national uaksa one of the best airports company in the world in terms of um, how we run things and, and things like that zinengi njengakubalela wehla mpe we can criticize them as uprasa there are a lot of issues there and probably our railway systems um with the railway is probably more transnet which is under Praveen and not him um but in Germany, as we check our SOEs under the Department of Transport, we check them seven zabayenza. We go on with we are seven zumbags. We go on with the is very very complex. More figure like say we in the church I umbalula zumkina we entry now we enter now la kaund la then we end up blaming everything on 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 national. on the national. So if you have an academic and scientific approach to analyzing how things are done, you'll actually find that they, they do a lot of great work. What's next for the Youth Economic Council? Um, so I think we, we, we're going to probably continue with existing programs that we started this year. Um, you know, we, we had our energy summit, we had our jobs in Pizzo, we had our skills symposium. Um, so we'll try and sort of like a second leg of that, take it to different provinces, our jobs in Pizzo in Cape Town. We'll try to see if we can bring it to Durban or, or Johannesburg, which is basically just, you know, two, three day uh, conference with the private sector, with government, looking at permanent um, job opportunity solutions for young people. Um, but I think, you know, those people always criticize us and say, but those are kind of like talk shops, you know, you can bring a minister um, to, to, to here in KZN and, and they can talk about job opportunities for youth. but. Afterwards, when more or less never assisted. So, I think one of the bigger projects we're working on is our Tech Hub initiative mm -hmm. and our SMME desk, which is so with the desk, it's a platform where young business owners come to us. We help them prepare their business plans, help them, you know, get analysts and consultants to create for them well packaged business uh, proposals that we then take to the IDC the NYTA and other DFIs for, for funding solutions. So if you're an SMME that is in the media space, but we encourage more, you know, strategic sectors. So if you want to go into mining, if you want to go into transport, construction, um, you know, approach the desk, you know, we help you package, and then you, you go to, to the IDC and, and the NYTA. So we've got good relationships and an MOU with the NYTA and the IDC, where our role and our partnership is to bring them well-packaged business plans and well-packaged sort of business ideas to, to, to drive up their um, you know, funding numbers for youth. Because a lot of them say, when you ask them, how many young people have you funded? Um, and they'll say, no, but they don't approach us. or. We don't get a lot of, we don't know who they are. We have, so we say, no, it's fine. You know, we'll bring them to you. So that's what the desk does. Um, that's an initiative we're quite passionate about. Um, and then also with the tech hub, it's just a skills center that teaches young people in high school, basic, basic, um, you know, how to code, how to digital software skills. Um, yeah, just, and it's in rural Limpopo in a school called Mbiri, secondary school. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, those are the two or three big impact projects that we're trying to, to, to get off the ground. 
Um, and yeah, I think the, the lobbying and the advocacy will, will, will continue. Um, and I think now in Feb, we're trying to, there'll be the mining in Dawa. So we'll be hosting probably a program there with the Minister of TMRE to see how we can encourage greater investments into the mining sector and how young people can play a role, a more meaningful role in the mining sector. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of um, things that we, we, we're trying to build more from mm -hmm. uh, and others will just uh, continue that, that are already there. Uh, the show is Engineer Your Life. I'm Lungelo KM. He is Bonga Makanya. Um, what I got from him is that he is very intelligent. He also has his head in the right space. I'm not too sure about the part where he's defending the Figilem Valulas and the black millionaires. Maybe it's for his VIP table at Envy, but I'm not going to get there and go too far. <laughs> Thank you for watching the episode, guys. Um, I'll see you next time. The show is Engineer Your Life. I'm Lungelo KM. It's 2023 and thank you for watching the episode that you've just watched. Please don't forget that every Tuesday at 3 p.m. we have a new episode for you. So it's Tuesdays at 3 now. We'll have a new episode for you. Also make sure that you join the channel as a member. Because when you join the channel as a member, whether you join and just pay 9 Rand 99 or whatever tier that you choose, it helps us to build the channel and give you the podcast content that you deserve. Also, I want us to affirm a good year this year. So whenever you see this, I just want you to remember that you are affirmed and you are faithful to your dreams. Just affirm that you're a hard worker. Affirm that you're good at what you do. Affirm that you have good mental health. Affirm that your spiritual life is going well. Affirm that your relationships are going well. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Engineer YL Show on all the platforms. I'll see you in the next episode.